Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda. Good morning. Thanks for your company. I'm Talissa Bazaz, filling in for Natasha Belling. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 30th of March. We have overcome the biggest economic shock since the Great Depression. Our recovery leads the world. The Treasurer there handing down the federal budget in Canberra overnight. Josh Frydenberg says we're set to receive immediate cost of living relief with the fuel excise to be reduced by half for six months. A family with two cars who fill up once a week could save $30 a week or around $700 over the next six months. The budget also includes a $250 payment for around 6 million Aussies, including pensioners, carers and veterans, while there's also a $420 cost of living tax offset, which is set to benefit around 10 million low to middle income earners. So overall, among the winners are drivers, universities, job seekers and regional Australians, but the underemployed state schools and the arts are included in the list of those who have missed out. Meantime, the shadow treasurer Jim Chalmers says the federal budget has failed to deliver a plan for the future of the economy. The defining features of this budget are a trillion dollars in debt with not enough to show for it, real wages going backwards and absolutely no plan for the future. And we're going to unpack the budget further in finance with Effie Zahos. Also making news this morning and to northern New South Wales and a devastating sense of deja vu for many residents, with torrential rain again causing life-threatening flash flooding. The fatal weather system that thrashed southeast Queensland earlier in the week, killing two in the Darling Downs, is continuing to move south today, with large areas of New South Wales now under flood warnings. Parts of northern rivers and the mid-north coast are being evacuated this morning, while others are being told to monitor the situation closely. New South Wales Emergency Services Minister Steph Cook says it's crucial people follow the advice of emergency services. The key message for communities is that it's a rapidly evolving weather and flooding situation and I'm respectfully encouraging people right across the state to uh, heed the warnings of emergency services organisations. Overseas now and some hope is emerging after de-escalation talks between Russia and Ukraine overnight in Turkey. Representatives from both sides hinting there were sufficient conditions for Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky and Russian President Vladimir Putin to meet. The Kremlin has vowed to scale down its attack on two Ukrainian cities near the capital after more than a month of conflict that has left thousands dead and forced millions from their homes. The cost of Russia's invasion on Ukraine is now estimated to be around 750 billion Australian dollars, with almost 26,000 square kilometres of housing now destroyed. And the life of Prince Philip has been celebrated overnight at a memorial at Westminster Abbey. The Queen has shrugged off recent health concerns attending the service and shedding a tear as they celebrated the life of the Duke of Edinburgh. The Right Reverend David Connor conducting the service, remembering Prince Philip as a remarkable man. Perhaps our greatest tribute to him most especially in these far too troubled times, will be for us to accept the challenge in working for a kinder future. 
let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. Starting in Victoria this morning and nearly four weeks since cricket legend Shane Warne's sudden death from a suspected heart attack, the world will finally get to pay their respects with a star-studded public memorial. An extra 15,000 seats were released at the MCG yesterday to allow 65,000 people into the venue, while mourners will also watch on big screens at the SCG, Adelaide Oval and Optus Stadium. Our reporter, James Lake, has the details. We are told the lineup now includes appearances by Robbie Williams, Elton John, Ed Sheeran and Chris Martin, all who became great mates with Warren over his lifetime. Fans attending at the MCG have also been told to come dressed in their favourite cricket gear tonight. Not just being screened at big stadiums around Australia for fans interstate as well, but tens of millions are expected to tune in from around the world with the service being shown on TV in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh and in the UK. And of course, if you can't catch it at a public memorial tonight or near a TV, you can hear the celebration of Shane Warne's life in full as well, streamed on the Listener app live from 7 o'clock. And to the Sunshine State now and Queensland Health is facing questions after the state opposition revealed doctors performed a surgery on the wrong person. The details are still limited with attention brought to a government services report suggesting the incident happened a few years ago. As Brisbane reporter David Shiraz explains, the health minister says she was unaware of the incident. Yes, this is all still unfolding, but Queensland opposition leader David Christofulis highlighted the matter to the press. He's suggesting in 2019 or 20, a patient was seriously harmed or died after doctors operated on the wrong person. Now, Mr Christopher Fully has not named the hospital where the incident is supposed to have taken place or the surgeon who's alleged to have made the mistake. But Health Minister Yvette Darth has responded, saying she's unaware of the incident but is going to look into it. She's added there are times when things do go wrong and then threw blame on the Newman government for a similar incident in 2013. Now for the latest in business and finance. We're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. Budget night last night, some winners and some losers, but the devil's in the details. Yeah, good morning. Look, it was certainly, uh, the budget was definitely an election pleaser. There's no doubt about it. Everything looked great, so long as forecasts are right and nothing goes wrong. Look, our strong economy and higher commodity prices actually put this government in a very interesting position. It was able to splash some serious cash last night and at the same time lower the deficit. The 2023, uh, sorry, 2022-23 budget deficit is expected to be $80 billion, down from $99 billion in December. Now, $8.6 billion alone is going to be spent in the next six months to help with the cost of living. And so what we heard last night is probably what a lot of us wanted to hear. The fuel excise will be cut by 22 cents a litre for six months. That's going to end on September 28. You can expect these prices to come through quickly. It's cut now. A family, say with two cars, will save more than $600 over the next six months. The other big part of this package for the cost of living was that one-off increase to the tax offset for lower middle-income earners to a maximum of $1,500 for singles. 
But it's really important to note here that this is a tax offset. Contrary to popular belief, you don't receive that amount of the offset entitlement directly as a lump sum. And then, of course, the other big one under this cost of living package was that one-off 250 payment for 6 million people. Um, that is going to be very welcomed by welfare recipients, veterans and concessional cardholders. Expect that to come in April. So, look, things look good for the next six months, but then what? Well, the government is going to be reliant on a growing economy to reduce this deficit, and the debt is unlikely to reduce fast enough. And it really does depend on these interest rates remaining low, and, and that's a big concern. When you throw out money, you run the risk that this extra stimulus will uh, you know, really need a hike in interest rates. And already, AMP Capital economist there, Shane Oliver, is saying that the first uh, rate hike is in June, and that will be probably 0.4% rather than that 1.5% uh, because of this extra stimulus. Certainly one to watch. A very interesting budget there, Effie. And mm. new research shows one in every three mortgage borrowers are at the brink of financial stress. Not good. It's not good, and especially when we're just on the back of this budget and we're talking about interest rates and so on. So CanStar surveyed, surveyed more than 900 mortgage borrowers to uncover how much of their weekly living costs would need to rise to push them into financial stress. And the results found, as you just said, one-third are close to the edge, with 14% already at their limit, and 19 saying that a weekly increase of living costs of just $100 would tip them over. Now, if the cash rate rose by as much as 1.65%, which is Westpac's forecast, and you're on the average mortgage rate and you've got half a million dollars owing, your repayments would increase an extra $470 a month or an extra $108 per week. Now, there is that inflationary pressure and that's the stress that people are getting. And last night's budget, we also heard that there are more spots being available under the home buyer scheme. Now, this is great news. It's kind of good to get in with a 5% or 2% deposit, but there's a risk here. If prices are going down and interest rates are going up and you can get in with just a 2% deposit, you can see you may get into negative equity if you don't buy well. Certainly one to be careful of. Thank you so much, FEA, but this is a very busy morning for you. It sure is. Now with Brett Thomas and Brett, it's a big morning for both the men's and women's cricket sides. What's the latest? Yes, good morning, Talisa. That's right. We'll start with the men's side who wrapped up a, a comfortable win over Pakistan in the first one day in Lahore this morning by 88 runs. Travis Head on fire with a quick fire uh, century of just 70 balls. That is the fastest ton for an Australian batsman against Pakistan in a one day international. Pakistan getting nowhere near the total of 313. Let's hope this rubs off on the women's side who are in action in Wellington this morning. They've got their World Cup semi final against the West Indies. There is a setback though. Star already Elise Perry won't play, but skipper Meg Lanning is confident they can cope without her. We'll keep assessing her, you know, if we are to progress in the tournament. So unfortunate for her and, and the team, obviously a big blow, but we feel like we've got some good depth to be able to cover it. And the winner goes through to the final. To football now and the Socceroos coach Graham Arnold has won the support of his Matildas counterpart. Yeah, the Socceroos playing this morning as we record this. It is nil all halftime. Socceroos against Saudi Arabia. The result of this, though, 
doesn't mean too much because we're already locked into third, which means a couple of sudden death playoff rounds. So that means Graham Arnold is under huge pressure at the moment, some discussion around his future. Tony Gustafsson knows all about this. He is the Matildas coach and he's offered his support to Graham Arnold. But he's my colleague and, and, and my friend. And in that sense, I, I feel for him because I know what it goes through. Yeah, tough path to the World Cup now. Certainly is. And a night star has copped a big ban at the NRL judiciary overnight. Yeah, Mitch Barnett has been wiped out for six weeks for that stray elbow that left Panthers player Chris Smith concussed. His lawyer arguing it was careless rather than deliberate. It's Barnett's sixth offence since 2015 and admits he needs to change his game. But I'll go away and do my time um, and do what's best for the team. Off the top of my head, I obviously do with my record. Um, I'll go away and look at that now and... Um, make the necessary adjustments. And just quickly, in some AFL news, North Melbourne says it's taking a conservative approach midfielder Taron Thomas to miss up to eight weeks with internal bruising after being kicked to the ribs. That was nasty. Oh, that does not sound nice. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Delisa. And a heartwarming story coming out of the refugee crisis in Europe. A Danish children's book which was created for Ukrainian speakers called Welcome to Denmark has sold out of its 20,000 copies just hours after it was launched. The country has welcomed millions of refugees as the fighting in Ukraine escalates. The charming book introduces refugees to the country of Denmark and highlights all the cultural similarities, aiming to help children feel safer and more at ease. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the listener app for free. I'm Talissa Bazaz. Thank you for your company. Have a great day and stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.